The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Fionn Davenport with me for Tuesday Travel again this week. Fionn, where are we off to? The most serene republic of Venice. Oh, lovely. Well, that's what the nickname is of is the it? city. La Serenissima. And it is. You've been, haven't you? I was in Venice uh, approximately, well, over two decades ago. I was in Venice. Hasn't changed much. Well, it has. But, you know, the, the perennials stay the same. Uh, it was, I'll tell you what I remember. It was very, very busy. Very busy. Yeah. Incredibly busy. Uh, But I enjoyed it nonetheless. Sometimes people talk about it getting uh, too busy. It kind of gets sweltering. It gets muggy because of it. It almost feels like swampy at times in the summer. Uh, There's so many people around and so much kind of stagnant water. Uh, I didn't get any of that. I quite enjoyed Venice. I'd go back, put it that way. And yet all of those things that you said are true in the summertime. Um, So the reason why I wanted to cover it this evening, a storm Jocelyn threatens to knock down our straw houses, um, is, is that... January, February, this is the best time to visit Venice. Is it? Yeah, for a number of reasons. One is is that there are relatively fewer tourists. Um, now, when we talk about tourism to Venice, here, I just need to put this into perspective okay. for you, okay? Yeah. So the historic city of Venice, which is the part that we all know, yeah. not, not, not the mainland, the, all the suburbs on the mainland, which is also part of Venice, but but n- not really part of this conversation. We're talking about the canals and St. Mark's Indeed. Square. And there are, the population, which has been diminishing for 70 odd years, has now dipped below 50,000. So it's 49,000 something. Um, but it gets 26 million visitors a year, just <laughs> as a way of comparison. Wow. Okay, So that's Cork City with its 220 odd thousand people getting 116 million visitors a year, right? Dublin, with its 1.5 million, getting 795 million visitors a year. Over three quarters of a billion people. Three quarters of a billion people all coming to visit. (laughs) Where's Temple Bar? Um, Galway, with 85,000 people. Galway, small, cute Galway, getting 45 million visitors, which, let's just, I hasten to add, is double the number of visitors that currently visit London. That's the kind of tourism numbers that Venice deals with year to year. And it's creaking under the strain. Literally. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, yeah. Parts of it are sinking. So in 2020, they put up the the Mose uh, flood defences, which is an artificial island and it raises these flood defences. And it's Moses, the Moses defence, but it, the, 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 it's an acronym and it's for Experimental Electromechanical Model. That's okay, in yeah. Italian. And it's doing a job. But in, in, in Italian, so in, in Venice, acqua alta, the high water, is, is a perennial problem going back a thousand years. This is not something that's recent or it's, they've been dealing with it for a very so, long so time. So how does that Moses system work that when, when there's going to be a high tide, it, it comes up and it essentially turns what's behind it into a lake. That it doesn't much. have access to the, yeah, to the sea. Exactly. It okay. stops the influx of water. That's interesting. It, it, it's, it's working. Now, they definitely came up with the name Moses and then worked out an acronym That's afterwards. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. It is exactly yeah. what I thought. Too they good, went, it's we'll too call good. it Moses. Now, what yes. does Moses stand for? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So, and so for that reason, try and visit out of season, which is the time. Venice is a city that everyone who can should visit because it is that beautiful. It is that special a place. Um, visit out of season, 
Airbnb is a scourge on the city. Don't stay in an Airbnb. This is a city that is desperate for your tourism dollars, mm-hmm. despite the fact that in the summertime, you'll often have people come, this is just a total ripoff. It can be, but it really isn't. If you're away from St. Mark's Square and, and the immediate center, yeah. Venice is, is as affordable as any popular Italian city. Um, the other thing I would say is, is that if you can, try and shop locally. Uh, there are, it, it's it's a terrible blight, the kind of influx of disconnected retailers that whisk all their profits out of the city. Anyway, yeah. these are just my okay. top line warnings. Uh, before we get to um, what to see and what to do yeah. in Venice, um, getting there is relatively easy, I assume. Well, Ryanair, they fly daily to Marco Polo Airport. Um, their one-way fares at the moment are from 60 euro. They're also, if you're flying from Cork, there are twice-weekly flights with Ryanair to Venice Treviso mm. with Ryanair. And that's about a 40-minute bus ride from Venice. It's not as convenient, obviously. But I was looking at the fares. Now, it, depending on what day you fly, so they go on Monday and Saturday, the flights are as little as 14 euros. So I, I, I could swallow a 40-minute bus ride yeah, for, for 14 euros. Aer Lingus, they fly seasonally. So their flights direct to Venice from Dublin. They start on March 9th. Okay. And the fares are around sev- from 70 euros each way. Getting around Venice. Yeah, walking is the obvious one. Um, not gondola, no. No. Now, I will say this. The price of the Are those gondola, really fancy boats in Indiana Jones that get cut up by the propeller? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, walking on foot is the most obvious and easiest way to get around, okay? Every main attraction is within reach 20 minutes yeah. from Rialto, which is the, the heart of the city. Um Vaporetto, which is basically the buses, the water buses, they're cheap. They're like the cost of a bus. And they're the the only really, truly public transport system that they have in Venice. And that's really, really good. Now, if you're anyone who's been to Venice will know that the Grand Canal splits the city in two. And so there are what they call traghetti, which are just little ferry boats that cross the Grand Canal from side to side. And they cost, I think, a euro. I I, I could be wrong, but no more than that. And that's really a handy way to get around. It's also, it's like a little gondola. So it gives you the experience of being in a gondola without having to pay the 90 euro for half an hour in a gondola. Um, before we start going through then the, 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 the top places to go and see, I would say this. Um, when I was there over 20 years ago, um, smartphones didn't exist. So we didn't have GPS in our pockets. Quite easy to get lost in Venice. There it are is, lots of twisty little streets. Now, that's not a problem anymore. You just take your phone out, you work out where you are. Then. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because now with, with Google, you can yeah. track your way easily enough. But as much as in the days pre, even if you'd leave your iPhone or your, your smartphone at home, the the narrow alleyways, yeah, you can kind of get lost, but you just keep walking. You'll pop out oh, somewhere. Oh, yeah, you do. Really you quickly. pop out somewhere. You come to some little piazza and there's like... And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, here I am. Yeah. And part of the joy of visiting Venice is getting lost along these little alleyways. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, even if... You'd be mad not to visit something, not to actually pay the money to go in to see something. But even if you didn't, like you're still going to have the, a wonderful city, experience. Yeah, the, city the city itself is... The it's attraction is the big attraction. The city itself but is a living work of art. Beyond then walking around and, you know, 
seeing the bridges across the Grand Canal, the few that are there and uh, and everything else, what should people go and spend their money on? Well, go the, big three, the big three are the Palazzo Ducale or the, the Doge's Palace. Um, you know, stairway lined in 24 karat gold, amazing artwork by like Veronese and Tiepolo and the famous artists of Venice. Um, it's you can get to see the attic prison where the very real Casanova was imprisoned. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's it's a stunning building. It's absolutely breathtaking. The only thing is, is I would advise for any of the big attractions, buy your tickets in advance because then you can get into the fast queue, which is kind of a an affront to the word fast because <laughs> you're still queuing. So the, the big three are okay. popular for a reason. Second one is the Basilica of San Marco. On the square, yeah, it's uh, eighty five hundred square meters of mosaics. Ah, it's it's breathtaking as well. And then the biggest art gallery in the city is called the Galleria dell'Accademia, which is the most famous painting. There is the Last Supper by Veronese, um, but it's got like a wealth of art that would we could spend a couple of hours going through. What else would you recommend in the city or even in the surrounds? In the surround, well, go to the islands for one thing. All oh, right, um, absolutely, yeah. So Burano. Torcello, um, there's a beautiful church on Torcello. Um, Burano is rainbow colour. So all the, the fishermen's houses that are beautifully decorated. Um, there is a, there's a great cemetery. It's a bit like Père Lachaise in Paris. It's, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging people to visit a cemetery for the sake of it, but this is quite a beautiful island cemetery between Canareggio and Murano. So you can get the Vaporetto and stop. So... It, it was established by Napoleon in the early years of the 19th century. And it's like where Ezra Pound is buried, Joseph Brodsky, uh, Sergei Diaghilev of the Ballet Russe and Igor Stravinsky are all buried here. But it is quite a beautiful and serene spot. Um, I would also encourage you, if you can, to go see the Scuola Grande di San Rocco in, in Venice, what they call the schools, which are really just art studios. Oh, yes. And so an artist, and then he... he well, he, I was going to say she, but it was he always, would have disciples and they would come and they would learn at the uh, at the feet of the master. So the, the, the big school of San Rocco, it's where Tintoretto, who is another famous painter from or who, who worked in Venice. Yeah. This is where the genius is just incredible. Like it really is breathtaking. You go upstairs and the entirety of the ceiling and the back wall is decorated in his frescoes. And it is one of those breath-catching moments yeah. when you see it and you go, oh my God, yeah. one guy did this. And he did this, it was a competition during the umpteenth plague that Venice suffered. In 600 years, Venice suffered plague after plague after plague. The word quarantine comes from Venice and it means quarantena or 40th. And is any ship would be quarantined for, or would be kept in dock for 40 days and none of the sailors allowed off for the plague to pass. And that's where we get the word quarantine wow. from. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tim in Dublin says, uh, on Venice, my wife and I were there in February last year. Take the water bus from the airport to the city. It takes a while, but it's good value and special. Buy a Vaporetto two or three day ticket as well. Forget Google Maps. Just walk around and find the place yourself. And the Guggenheim, the Peggy Guggenheim. The, so I was going gem. to say, so these are, you're on the other side of the Grand Canal. and But the, the ferry that he's talking about, the Vaporetto is called the Ali Laguna. And okay. absolutely is worth it. Because if you have never never been to Venice, this is the best introduction to Venice because you get, and the city is revealed to you as you approach. And he's right. It takes that little bit longer, but sure, geez, you know, who's in a rush? 
Where should people eat? Where should people eat? Okay. Well, where they shouldn't eat is in those crappy tourist restaurants with pictures of the food. Oh, never yet. All around San Marco. It's just, it's dispiriting. It's also overpriced. The food is not very good, which is a terrible shame because Venetian cuisine is excellent. And one of the uh, corollaries of COVID as Venice closed down, it gave room to a lot of local uh, restaurateurs to kind of really showcase their wares. And what you have is this kind of blossoming of local cuisine. So the famous thing is the chiquetti. And chiquetti are like the Venetian tapas. Okay. Mostly around seafood, because as yeah. you'd expect. There are tons of them around the city. I'm going to recommend one. It's called El Sbarlefo San Pantalon, which, which is a Venetian name. I, in the notes, you can Google it and you'll find it. It's really an unassuming what they call a baccaro or a local bar. And from the outside, you go, eh. And inside, it's some of the best of these tapas, Venetian-style tapas you'll get. Four, I mentioned that there is this blossoming of local cuisine. One of the best restaurants I've eaten in Italy, never mind just Venice, in the last few years is called Osteria Bacanera. And it's in Canareggio. And it's B-A-C-A-N-E-R-A, owned by this young couple. And it's really about promoting local dishes, including... Do you, are you a fan of tiramisu by any chance? Yeah, I like tiramisu. Not so a great dessert man, but I don't mind tiramisu. Authentic tiramisu is from just outside Venice. Oh, wow, that's so where it came El's from. Bar- or Bacaneda, that's the one. And El Zbadalefo is the other one. The ultimate guide to Venice from Fionn Davenport. Fionn, thank you very, very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.